0: Listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen. Amen. You may be seated man, thanks for taking over singing for me. I don't know what happened to my voice. Like It's been fine all morning, and then it just went away. And uh, so that's good timing right now that I need to speak for 30 minutes. Um, But uh, when stuff like that happens, I just, I don't know. You can call me spooky or whatever, but I just attribute it to the enemy, and I just press into it more and just sing louder. So um, sorry about the bad notes, but... um, Hey, we're singing to Jesus. It doesn't matter, right? So, um, man, thank you, April, for praying this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you for that that prayer. Um, so, we who's still picking confetti out of their hair and clothes from last week? Anyone? Yeah, we had our seven-year anniversary party uh, last uh, last Sunday, and it was such an incredible time. We had such a good time. And what I did, if you weren't here, I bought 60 12-inch confetti poppers. And, uh, it was, it was like a dream come true. It was awesome. I've been wanting to do that for so long. My wife can attest to it. I say we're going to do it every year and we never do. And and this year we, we did it. And, and, uh, so I want to send out a special shout out to, to Jeff Allen who came in here with a leaf blower and just like got all the confetti and stuff up. And so thanks Jeff for that. Um, but man, it was super fun. And I talked about how we're starting this series. I, I, I kind of kicked it off last week because I kind of gave you a description of what it was going to be like. But this new series is called, called uh, Own the Moment. Own the Moment. And so um, I felt like about, uh, uh, about late January... I started to see on social media and through talking with people that um that they had kind of abandoned their new year's resolutions and and like all their you know all their their things that they had set out the goals you know a lot of them not all of them but uh, a lot of them had kind of the passion had faded behind them right and anybody feel that i know i i i do a little bit i was trying to be 15 minutes early to all of my appointments and I think I failed the first day, <laughs> like, like. But um, but so I was starting to see this this almost like depression sweep over everybody I was coming in contact with because, um, because the year just almost just started to feel like uh, it wasn't going to be any different than the year before, especially I talked about this last week, but especially when Kobe Bryant died, I saw a lot of people just, you know, and it's such a tragic thing, but lots of people discouraged and um, feeling like, oh man, here we go again. 2019 was brutal, and I guess 2020 isn't going to be any different. It's just going to be brutal, and uh, it feels like we enter the new year with such hope for change, and then when, when something happens, it smacks that hope away, you know, and I, I just felt that, and so I felt that was going on with a lot of people, and so we are starting a new series called Own the Moment, and Own the Moment isn't about, um, you know, it's not um, a faith, uh, a works-based faith series. It's not like, here's what I don't want, is I don't want you to walk away from this series with a list of a ton more things that you have to do and rules you have to follow. That's not going to help anything, because people are already way too busy. Um, But here's the deal, is we want to begin to be intentional about our own discipleship. Mm -hmm. Intentional about our own discipleship. We don't want to let the year just happen to us. Does that make sense? We want to set out and set the standard and own the moment that we're in in discipleship and in in our spiritual walk with God. And so... um, you know uh, like i said this isn't a this isn't a works based series but the topics we're going to discuss in this series have to do with roadblocks that we may encounter that we may have to deal with all of us will have to deal with every single one of these things at one point or another even if you're not dealing with it right now but the, these roadblocks can trip you up on your and encounter your 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 own owning the moment, right? The the intentional discipleship. Discipleship. I've been thinking a ton about this for like the last six months. My wife is sick to death of of hearing me talk about discipleship, but but um, I feel like uh, and maybe this is a bigger discussion for another time. But I feel like discipleship at its best is a is a three-way partnership. It's a three-way partnership. Uh, the the first partnership is is Jesus. You know every disciple needs a person who's discipling them, and we're trying to become more like Jesus, right? Um, so there's one uh, aspect to to the partnership, and then the local church and the and the leaders and people at the local church coming alongside new believers or people who are struggling or or whatever, and just saddling up and alongside other people and, and, and teaching them to follow Jesus and, and to feed themselves with the word, right? Yeah. And then the third part of the discipleship is us as the, as the disciples, right? So when, when all three of those things, like Jesus is obviously going to do his part, He's never not done his part. He's gone above and beyond to do his part, right? Wouldn't you say that? The church has not always done its part. I'm not speaking about our church exclusively. I'm talking about the big C church, the church worldwide. The church has not always done its part. The church in Acts did their part. And we strive really hard here to do our part and to saddle up alongside you guys and help you learn about Jesus and to teach yourself to feed yourself through the word of God. And we... Like, I may not be able to do that for every single person in this room, but there's somebody in this room that can do that for someone in this room. Yep. That's right, because we're not just a church, we're a family, right? And family saddles up alongside each other, right? And so the third part is we, we really have to own our own part of our discipleship process. Discipleship just means becoming more like Jesus every day. It's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. Sometimes I, 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 I was actually, um, my friend Paul turned me on to Dallas Willard. And so I've been like stewing on theological deepness and re- realizing I don't know anything. And, um, and um, he said, um, oh, shoot, what was I going to say? I think. Um, I think of it I'll come back to it sorry <laughs> i just I just lost it like that. Um, what was I saying by the way yeah, something like that i don't know I don't remember what I was saying it's gone I, i'm I'm like dory if you don't know like every thirty seconds, my mind wipes clean and and uh and I, my wife is like, okay, I, we've been married for a long time. I'm Kim. You know, <laughs> just kidding. But um, I, I'll remember that Dallas Willard quote later, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell it to you. But we have to be intentional about our discipleship. We have to own our role. We have to learn how to feed ourselves because if we expect the church to do all the fishing for us, right? There's going to come a time where we're not feeling like we're fed enough. But if the church is coming alongside you and teaching you to feed yourself, that when all three aspects of the partnership are working uh, and owning their role, that's when discipleship begins to take off. So when we own the moment and intentionality of our discipleship. And speaking of intentionality, um, I, I wonder, I was thinking about doing something slightly slightly crazy for church. Is, is that okay, or would you guys like to just stay in the church box? <laughs> Go, crazy. Go crazy. Go crazy. Okay. Can you turn this on? Okay, all right, so, if you know this song, can you turn it up a little? There we go. All right, ready? Look at the stars, look how they shine for you. Anybody? And all the things that you do, and they were all yellow, I came along, come on, i wrote write a song for you, and all the things that you do, it was called yellow. So uh-huh, uh, so uh-huh, so when I took my turn, oh what a thing to have done, and it was called yellow. All right, here comes the chorus. Sing it loud. It's falsetto, please. Your skin. Yeah, your skin and bones turn it into something beautiful. You know, you know I love you so. You know I love you so. All right, cool. All right, so. All right, so why in the world would I sing that song at church, right? Why would I bring that? So the I don't know if you know this, but the, that's a song by Coldplay called, uh, called Yellow, and it's, it's really old. Um, and, it's, and I like it. Like, it's a good melody, um, you know. But, like, when I was discovering songwriting um, and, you know, intentional songwriting where you're, like, really, like, watching every word you say in a song and you're being intentional about saying something in a song i remember coming back to this song and being like i came along i wrote a song for you and all the things you do it was called yellow (laughs) what does that even mean (laughs) so then i took my turn oh what a thing to have done and it was all yellow. yellow. What in the world, right? What does that even mean? And yet we're singing it, we love it, you know, we're like, yeah, yellow, it's awesome, but we have no clue. (laughs) We have no clue what it means, right? I actually saw a behind-the-scenes story about this song, and Chris Martin, who's the lead singer of Coldplay, actually goes and says, yeah, we were all sitting around, and I had, I had a couple of lines, and it was like, uh, you know, all the, all the things that you do, and it was called, and then I didn't have anything. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, man, these lines are too good. I really need something. And he looks over, and he sees the yellow pages. And he says, and it's all yellow. What? 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 <laughs> What does that even mean? That is not intentional songwriting, right? He's not saying anything, right? It means nothing. And yet, we love it for some reason, right? I, I don't know if it's the melody or the guitars or whatever, but we, but we love it. And, and I feel like discipleship can kind of be that same way. Like if we're not intentional about it. We can just kind of go. Oh yeah, I'll try this for a little while. Oh yeah, I'll try this for a little while. You know, um, I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I really want to write a great song. You know, like I love singing great songs on Sunday, but, but man, I, I, I just don't, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to, how to get those, those words. So I'm just gonna settle for this over here. You know, I feel like that's the way we can, we can be about discipleship rather than just own the moment, own our role in our own discipleship and say like, hey, I want to know God. I want to be more like Jesus. Can you help me? Can you help me, right? Owning the moment, stepping up in intentionality. And, and I think one of the things that can trip us up most in in owning our own uh, discipleship, owning the moment in our spiritual walk with Jesus is forgiveness. I think this is one of the major roadblocks that we do not recognize in our own spiritual uh, life, in our own discipleship, is forgiveness. Um, And so, this is a huge roadblock, and, and so I want to put up a quote here um, about resentment, and it, and it's the same thing for unforgiveness. It says, um, James, you have that quote or no? Yeah, okay. Um, resentment, and I put unforgiveness in brackets, is like a poison we carry around inside of us with the hope that we get the chance we can deposit it where it will harm another who has injured us. The fact is that we carry this poison at extreme risk to ourselves. Now, this is the original quote. This is the earliest version of that quote that you can find. There are a lot of other quotes, like "unforget" or bitterness is like drinking rat, rat poison and expecting the other person to die. That is uh, attributed to lots of people. Nelson Mandela, Carrie Fisher, um, St. Augustine, I think, is, is also attributed to it. But this is, this, um, this is the earliest version of inspiration for that quote that I could find. And, and uh, I love it because so many times we get caught in carrying unforgiveness and we don't know how to let it go, right? And it, and it hurts us more than it hurts the other person. So, I wanna turn to Matthew 18, chat, uh, verse 21. And we're gonna, this sh- section of scripture ends with a verse that I used at the end of my message last week, so we're kinda picking up where we left off last week, but... Um, so, verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you even seven times, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, now Jesus is going to launch into a parable here about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with the servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot of money. In in Bible days, that's a lot of money. Um, and, And since he could not pay his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him his debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your scripture. That is a word to, uh, a light to our feet, God. Jesus, thank you that you're here in this moment, Lord. Search our hearts for for unforgiveness as we begin to break this down, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I guess the question is, why, why should we forgive? We have, we have three, three characters in, in Jesus' parable, right? We have the master, we have the servant, and we have another servant, right? The master is ready to settle his accounts, and the first servant, let, let's, let's just, let's, let's call Brian the master, right? He's the master, he's the head headmaster of schools, right? Over at ACA, right? Uh, headmaster, and let's call uh, Ricardo servant two, and I'm servant one, right? So, uh, Brian comes over to me and says, hey, Jason, remember um, how you had that gambling debt that you owed that you didn't want me to tell Kim about, and you borrowed $10,000 from me? Um, I don't, this is fictional, by the way. (laughs) Wink. (laughs) Wink. Remember, you know, remember how you, how you, you borrowed that, that ten, 10 grand from me, and, and, you know, like, the time's come, I, I need it now. And I'm like, oh, Brian, man, I, I really don't have it, man. I need more time, and if you just give me more time, I promise I'll pay you back. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, da 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 da, da. And Brian is like, you know what, I, I see it. You know what, I, I'm just going to, you, you don't owe me anything. I'm just going to forgive you 10 grand. Wow. That's pretty good, right? But Ricardo comes over to me. I'm walking out like all light. My burden's lifted, you know. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I come over to Ricardo. I'm like, man, Ricardo, I'm thirsty. You have that? I want to buy a soda. You have that dollar I owe you? And he, he doesn't. And I strangle him. <laughs> right? I want that dollar. Right? How ridiculous is that? Would would anybody actually do that? Anybody? But see, here's the thing. That sounds ridiculous to us, right? But when we do not forgive others, that is exactly what we do. We are the ungrateful servant because Here it is that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have accepted Jesus into your heart, you have been forgiven all of your sins. You have been forgiven a debt that you could never, ever, not even Steve Jobs could repay. Or the guy who owns Amazon or whoever the richest man in the world is right now. I don't know. I know Steve Jobs is dead. Sorry. We could never, this is a debt that can never be repaid, that we've been forgiven, right? And so here's, when our sins are forgiven and we have accepted Christ's forgiveness and we don't forgive our brother, we're the ungrateful servant in this story. And, and I think... It's important to talk about what we're, when I say forgiveness, what we're not talking about in terms of forgiveness. What is not forgiveness, right? Um, What forgiving is not, rather. what is What forgiving is not. Okay? I said it backwards first. Sorry. Um, And I think, you know, I hear this said a lot, and, you know, we may want to have a conversation about this later, you know, but the first thing I want to say is, is forgiving is not necessarily forgetting. Forgiving is not necessarily forgetting. And here's why I want to say that is because how many times have you tried really hard not to think about something? Don't think about pink elephants. (laughs) What did you think of, Daryl? Okay, pink elephants, right? Do you think about pink elephants often, or? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just checking, just checking. All right. When we, uh, I I think sometimes when we say forgive and forget, right, we think about um, it in terms of uh, ignoring it and it'll go away, right? Ignoring it and it'll go away. Not, 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 I'm not talking about true forgiveness has taken place and you're moving on. Like even in that case, I, I think you don't forget. But a lot of times, I think when we talk about forgive and forget, we're talking about, you know, I, I just want to move on. But lots of times, the forgiveness hasn't really taken place, and we try to ignore it. And the thing is is that it just grows inside of us, taking over like a poison, right? And so, so ignoring it and it'll go away doesn't work. It doesn't work, right? And, and the same, it's the same thing with grief. Whenever someone who, who has uh, had someone close to them uh, die that, I, I, that I'm friends with or whatever, I always tell them, just feel what you're feeling. Allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. Don't try to ignore it. Don't try to bed it down and get control. Just allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. Because when you stuff those feelings, the, f- the feeling just grows. You know, so the sooner you deal with it, the, the better it is, and, and uh, I think Matthew 18, we, we're, we're already in Matthew 18, and the way, we, the way we deal with conflict among other believers is written clearly in Matthew 18, 15 through 20. These are the, the verses basically before, before we started, but um, so Peter is asking, you know, how many times will I forgive my brother? Seven And Jesus is like, no, 77, right? And so this is the conversation leading up to this. This is what Jesus has to say about conflict resolution uh, and forgiveness taking place um, within the brothers and and sisters. And, And so Matthew 18, 15 through 20 says this. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Now, I just want to stop right there because that verse is the one that people want to skip all the time, right? They want to, they want to jump right to, let's get four or five people together and, and like, let me tell this person over here and this person over here and make sure I'm right and then we're all going to come over here and talk to this person. Isn't that right? Yep. Isn't that the way people do it a lot of the times? I've had very few people come up to me and say, hey man, I I really, you know, something's been bothering me and I just need to get current with you. I just need to get current with you. Can we sit down and, and just talk for a second? And I love those moments because man, like now I don't have to wonder if that person is ever holding anything against me because I know that something I did offended them and they came right to me and told me and we were able to work through it and forgiveness was real, really able to take place, right? But But when we skip that step and we get other people involved, it just escalates the hurt. So let's continue reading. Verse 16. So, if he listens if you go to him one on one and he listens to you you've gained a brother but if he does not listen take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses and if he refuses to listen to them tell it to the church and if he refuses to listen even to the church let him be to you as a gentile or a tax collector Tax collectors like Tony Soprano, not like I, not like H and R Block. Um, <laughs> Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And I want to point out that it doesn't only say three, it first says two, right? I believe that God is right in the center of those moments where we go to each other for forgiveness or, or to, to voice an offense, and we do it in, in a respectful, loving Truth and love, kind of way. Um, most of the time, like I said, uh, when, when we're talking about forgiving and forgetting, most of the time, when we're when we're trying to forget, I feel like we haven't gone through the proper steps of forgiveness. Uh, so unforgiveness still festers. And here's the second thing um, I want to tell you: forgive, forgiving is is not. Forgiving is not being a doormat. Forgiving is not being a doormat. They may hurt you again. That's their decision. But you you have to set boundaries in your relationship with them. The fact that you establish rules to govern how and to what extent your interaction with this person in the future doesn't mean that you have failed to sincerely and truly forgive them. It doesn't doesn't mean that. Boundaries don't mean that. True love never aids and abeds the sin of others. Right? Forgiveness does not mean that you become a helpless and passive doormat for other sins to just run rampant on you. Right. The next thing is forgiveness is not forgetting about justice. Forgiving is not forgetting about justice. Forgiving doesn't mean that you won't continually feel the pain of the offense. but seeking the justice seeking justice for the offense Romans 12:19 says beloved never avenge yourselves but leave it to the wrath of god for it is written vengeance is mine and i will repay says the Lord. See, forgiving isn't forgetting about justice. It's just placing the justice that you desire in the Lord's hands. Because the Lord brings about the only he's just, right? Placing the, your desire for justice in the Lord's hands. And I'm going to talk more about that in, in, in this next one. But Here's the, here's the thing is, uh, forgiving is not a one-time event. It's not a one-time event. There may be a moment where you decide in your heart to forgive the person who has wronged you. And, and this moment may be highly emotional and spiritually intense and bring immediate relief uh, and a sense of freedom, but that doesn't necessarily mean you'll never have to deal with that again. You may need to every day reaffirm your, yourself, your, for, your forgiveness of that person. Every time you see that person, you may need to say in your head, Jason, remember, you forgave Daryl. You forgave Daryl. You're welcome. (laughs) See, here's the deal, is forgiveness can either be a pathway or a barrier, and if you walk away with nothing else this morning, that's what I want you to hear, is forgiveness is either a pathway or a barrier. When we forgive others completely and truly, it becomes a pathway for God to do incredible things in and through us. When we hold on to unforgiveness, it becomes a barrier that deters the Lord's work from being fully expressed in and through us. Showing forgiveness to others is the ultimate expression that we have fully received God's forgiveness and the knowledge that we continue to need it. I'm gonna say that again because I didn't get an amen and I felt like that was amen worthy. Okay, showing forgiveness to others is the ultimate expression that we have fully received God's forgiveness and the knowledge that we continue to need it. Thank you. Mark 11 says this, talking about pathways and barriers, right, in our spiritual life in our discipleship, in our walk with Jesus. Mark eleven twenty two 22 through 26 says this, and Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I love that. I love that scripture because it says if you believe in your heart that that and you're praying and and not just believe but you're 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 asking something uh, that is in tune with God's will and 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 like you're not just saying hey give me a million dollars you know like something that that is that is in in God's character that incredible things can happen. Things that you have no, uh, you, you, you didn't even dream of possible can happen. And, and, and then it says, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If, anything, if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you. Forgiveness is a pathway or a barrier for God's work in your life. Have you ever been stuck? Believers, uh, I'm speaking to you right now. Have you ever just been stuck? Like, you're like, man, I don't know why, but I just feel like... God isn't listening anymore. Or I just don't, I just feel like there's a barrier between me and God. I used to feel close to him, but man, now I I don't know. I don't really. I mean, I have been there So many times, you have no idea. And I think that's the reason why God puts me on this platform sometimes, is so I can tell people, hey, like, pastors are just people. Like, we just jack it up all the time, right? I would ask you, if you feel stuck, examine forgiveness in your life is there any unforgiveness that needs to be dealt with in your life? Because forgiveness is either a pathway or a barrier to the work of God in your life. Here's what I want to tell you, though, is that the same reason we're called to forgive others, right? And I don't know your situation. Forgiveness can be a really hairy thing. And I'm not trying to diminish the, the hurts and offenses that people have been through at all, at all. Because I know in this very room, as I look across the faces in this room, I know what some of you are going through. And I know the offenses that you have experienced. And I know the pain that a lot of you carry. But the reason why we're supposed to, why God calls us to forgive is because our sin is offensive to God. It's like an odor that he that he can't stand. It's like my 13-year-old son's feet. <laughs> I love him, but man, he stinks. <laughs> it, our sin, sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't joke in a really serious <laughs> moment. Um, But our sin, I I just want to get it across to you guys is that, you know, the offense that we've experienced, God experiences that offense with our sin. And because Jesus came and made the way that we could be forgiven and washed white as snow as we sang repeatedly, and we could enter into God's presence again. Because we're covered by Jesus, we're hidden in Jesus who was perfect, but died a sinner's death. The offense we experience, God feels that offense with our sin and yet made the way to forgive us. So how dare we hold on to unforgiveness in our heart? Because it will eat us alive. And here's the deal, is there's more grace in God's heart than there is sin in your past. Elsa Morgan said this, she said, God who sees us in our worst moments, does not measure us by them. In this season, as the, as the worship team just begins to come now, in this season at the mission, we're going after two things intentional discipleship and faith filled risk. Those are the two things that we're going after in this season at the mission. And intentional discipleship means owning our role in our own discipleship. And guys, I want to see the mountains be moved here in Redlands. I want to see the incredible things that God has in store for our city through the mission and other churches. But if we don't get forgiveness and unforgiveness right, there's going to be some blockage. because unforgiveness will continue to eat you alive. So I just I feel like I want to have a, have a, have a moment here. Um, so that I, I think most of the rows have notepads in in front, in the pockets. Is that correct? Do you guys see notepad no? Okay, here's what I want you to do there 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 are connect cards in the in the seat pocket in front of you, hopefully. Um, on the back of that connect card, I just want to sit in this moment for a minute. If you have a piece of paper, just use your piece of paper or whatever but but um, I want you to write down any unforgiveness that may be in your life that you need to deal with, with God. This could be a friend, a coworker, a spouse, a brother or sister, a mother, father. It could be anybody. The reason why this is so important to me is because I wrestled with unforgiveness for a long time in my own family, and it drove me, I feel like, to some pretty dark places, and it wasn't until I began to let go and hand the keys to justice over to God, and hand over, um, the worry and anxiety and stress about it to God. That I got some freedom, and I'm telling you guys, freedom is so much better than bondage. Freedom is so much better. Am I there every day? No. Sometimes I have to say to myself, Jason, remember, you forgave them. You forgave them. Exodus 14, 14 says this, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. Handing that justice over to God is such a key thing. So what I want you to do now, if you've written some things down, Maybe you need to think about it a little longer. That's okay. That's okay. I want you to bring those things forward and place them on the table. And after service, I'm going to take them and just place them at the foot of the cross. We have a cross in the back room. We should probably bring it out here. And we're going to give these things over to the Lord. Okay? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you that you first loved us that You breathed the breath of creation into us, the breath of life. Lord, that the way that the Spirit hovered over the waters in Genesis, you, Your Spirit ho- hovers over us now, Lord. Lord, I pray for those with deep, deep offenses, Lord. I pray for those, Lord, who have wounds that have festered over time. God, and I pray healing in the name of Jesus would take place right now. That forgiveness would flow. I pray right now. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak to our hearts and we would hear your your voice, and we wouldn't just shake it off as something else, Lord. But that we would, like our own thoughts or or something, Lord. I pray that we would we would hear your voice or feel a push, Lord. That you would bring uh, unforgiveness in our lives to mind, Lord. Father, for you are so good, Lord. You forgave us our offenses. So, Lord, burden our hearts to get free of these offenses and and forgive others, Lord. This forgiveness isn't just for them, it's for us, too. Thank you, Lord, that you have More forgiveness in your heart than we have sinned in our past, Lord. We love you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you have a little slip of. You are listening to the podcast of the Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at the